0: if you're an Afghan mommy or daddy and you're clinging to a nose gear and you're jumping to your death, I of your life as much as an American. Sure. see an American mommy and daddy do that, and I witnessed it, I had people jump, I had people land within feet of me on the morning of 9-11. Oh wow. So that image really, you know, every day, I, you know, I, I was in both collapses. I'm a survivor of 9-11. I was wow. there for the whole show.
1: Hi there and welcome in to a brand new week on Celebrity Salute dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I am Randy Miller. Brian Stern was a military first responder the morning of 9-11. It has more than 200 personal artifacts in the National September 11th Memorial and Museum. He's a former lieutenant commander and multiple tour combat veteran of the Army and Navy. Brian has over 25 years of military experience focused on special operations at hostage rescue, counter-proliferation, critical technology protection, and unconventional warfare. Last year, in the wake of the U.S. controversial and failed withdrawal from Afghanistan, Stern and Stan Bunner co-founded Project Dynamo to help rescue American civilians, lawful permanent residents, and U.S. allies trapped in Afghanistan. Today, Project Dynamo has rescued more than eight thousand people from afghanistan and ukraine we are so honored to have brian stern with us here on celebrity salute brian stern it is an honor to talk to you sir uh
0: thanks for having me when you say all that stuff it makes me sound like a lot a lot. uh more impressive than I really am I'm, kind of, uh, I'm a C plus I'm
1: a C plus student <laughs> well, well hey listen I tell you what you're, you're A plus and everything you, you've done here and, and and your partner in this venture Stan talk about Stan a little bit because uh, I mean the guy's got uh, as, as many qualifications as you do right
0: yeah, Stan. Uh, Stan and I are kind of uh, we we kind of share our brain a little bit, and uh, the other we we have a couple of founders. There's a, there's a four founders and five directors at Project Dynamo, and we're all very similar, but at the same time very different. And that's kind of how I wanted it. When I I founded Dynamo in my living room about a year and a few weeks ago, and uh, I didn't I when I built it I didn't I didn't want to have a room full of me. That uh, right. we don't need that. I usually work I, I usually work alone, so I don't need that um uh, so we're we're all very similar we're we're, we're all like-minded we're all we're all kind of cut from the same cloth uh, stan like me was in the army first and then made his way into the navy and uh like me his time at sea is like nothing we're we're dirt navy folks so we work on the land um you know there's, there's no um uh my, my my time at sea can be measured in hours not even days
1: so uh, you, you probably know more about boats than I do, to be honest. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> but, you, but, you know, this is uh, what talk about building this team. And uh, you started this, you say, over a year ago. Uh, you guys have rescued more than 8000 people from Afghanistan and Ukraine. It's incredible. For, number one, thanks for that. But uh, how did you what was the impetus that, that kind of made you think that you needed to jump into this situation?
0: Um yeah so I, I get this question all the time uh I was watching as I, I was watching uh, t- you know watching the fall of of Afghanistan like we all were and watching the evacuation not go you know uh not not go well and yeah, yeah, you
1: know, to, to say the least right out,
0: right uh, you know in, in the in the early days nobody knew right it, it, you know the the 16th of August the 16th of August there was bad but but you know hopefully we can make this better was kind of the thing right and, um you know now when we look back we can say oh my god it was terrible but at the time it was still early days and i'm very quick to not judge and rush to conclusions uh, part of my my work is that way so uh, i'm watching i'm watching uh watching the watching watching the tv like everybody else is and i watch uh, like we all did the c-17 uh at kaya at the airport and I'm watching, you know, innocent civilians cling the landing gear and fall to their death. Yeah. At the time, right? At the time, all the media was kind of drawing a parallel to the fall of Saigon in Vietnam and, uh, you know, that whole thing, which, if you understand history, is yeah. a pretty stupid comparison. There's actually, right. <laughs> right. other than helicopters in an embassy, it makes absolutely no sense.
1: Um,
0: but with, I, I, I was a 9 first responder. And the last time I saw people, the only time in my life I've ever seen that was on the morning of 9-11 when innocent people were jumping to their deaths as a better yeah. option of where they were at. Yeah. And it struck a chord with me because it's, it, we, it, when this was all going on, this was a few weeks before the 20th anniversary of 9-11. It was late
1: August. That's right. It was late That's August right.
0: 2021. So we were preparing for all the 9-11 ceremonial stuff is what I was busy doing. And I, it just struck a chord with me that how is it possible that 20 years later, innocent, I'm watching innocent people jump to their death because of a better choice. And it's out of fear and response from the same people. How is it possible that right. the Taliban 20 years later are causing people, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a humanitarian now. Uh, I value all life. If you're an Afghan mommy or daddy and you're clinging to a nose gear and you're jumping to your death, I of your life as much as an American. Sure. To see an American mommy and daddy do that. And I witnessed it. I had people jump. I had people land within feet of me on the morning of 9-11. Oh, wow. So that image really, you know, every day.
1: I mean, yeah, everybody wants to help. Everybody wants to do something. I interviewed a guy that took, uh, I don't know, uh, six months, eight months to get his interpreter back from Ukraine and had to go through so many crazy machinations and, and associations to get that done. What made you think in your mind of minds, hey, this is something that I, hey, we can do. Hey, Stan, you want to go rescue some people in Ukraine? What What made you, I mean, that's crazy.
0: So uh, basically, to my, to my uh, Dynamo started with uh, uh, three of my friends, me and, me and four guys. And um, I basically, I talked them into it. it,
1: really, it no nice <laughs>
0: good, um, good talk. Uh, um, I, had a, I had a loose plan. I had a loose plan uh, kind of put together. The whole world was looking at cobble. One of the differences with Dynamo and a lot of other groups who are doing good work, I'm not picking on them, but we are different in that we go forward. I've been forward deployed for like over 300 days this year between both conflicts. So we're on the street. Wow. We do the operations ourselves. I tell everyone I'm like Tom Cruise. I do my own stunts. You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, we, we, Without makeup, we, you know? So, you, you know, I tell everybody if it, for the, you know, we're donor funded project org. shameless plug. I need financial help. I, love I it. need it badly. We, 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 um, there's other groups out there and some groups are doing really good work. Some groups are are not doing good work and they're just making money and profiteering and whatever. I tell everybody, if you're looking for a group to donate to go to their social media, go to their Facebook and go to their Instagram. If you don't see the people that you're donating to do it, you know, with a refugee or with an evacuee donate to somebody else. Right. Doesn't have to be to me. There's other groups out there that do good work. But there's a difference between being a fireman and being a nine one one dispatcher. We're all <laughs> in this thing together. That's yep, okay. Yep. But there's the groups that are out there, like Dynamo, where we're we're putting our lives at risk a little bit. It's different. It's a different Not, thing. A, just a, think a, l- a little bit.
1: Yeah. A little bit. So I, I mean, so
0: um, so when we started, that was the plan. The plan was I knew everyone was looking at Cobble. Everyone was looking at Cobble. And I said I don't want to go to Kabul because the whole world is there. General, you know the the whole army is there. I don't want to be another mouth to feed. Who knows what this will turn into? By the way, it right, very right. early days, right. And I didn't I didn't want to be part of the problem. I wanted to be part of the solution. So we went to the north, and the idea was was break open the northern corridor, which is exactly how we came into Afghanistan through Uzbekistan in two thousand and one. Back in the day, Task Force Dagger came from K two in Uzbekistan. And went through the north, and there's a reason. There's a lot of good reason why we did that. So the idea was, is we'll we'll, we'll leave the way we came out. So that's what we did. We hmm. flew to Uzbekistan. I have a lot of friends in the north. I've been. You know, I have a lot of uh, uh, crazy associations to my career and relationships and stuff. And um, we uh, that's exactly what we did. We flew to we flew to Uzbekistan and got to the border, like nine hours from Tashkent, in the middle of nowhere, in a place called Termez. And we were, that's, where, that's kind of where we started. Then we shifted and lifted into, into Tajikistan and started doing some other things. And then on the I don't know, 18th, uh, so then Kabul falls. Now the Taliban is in control. General Donahue is the last American soldier in Afghanistan. He, his boots are the last one off. One's off the, off the uh, runway. Awesome guy. And now U.S. military is gone. As mm. soon as that happens, the entire situation changes. It went from get everyone to the airport where the C seventeen right. and the Air Force are and NATO to now what do we do because the Taliban now own the DMV, mm. they own the traffic, they own everything We're yeah. the new government, whether I like it or not, and that's when our claws really, really, really came out, and that's where guys like me uh, really, really like to play. And on the seventeenth or eighteenth of September, we landed. We landed the first. We landed the first charter aircraft for evacuations under the Taliban rule we have with real landing clearance. So we have landing clearance zero 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 one of the Taliban government. I have it in my house. Right.
1: So so you didn't sneak in right. at cover of night. I mean, it, this was all uh, set up in advance. You had uh, clearance to land. How did you, how did you get that? Well, it complicated, complicated. I, I wouldn't say it was, uh,
0: um, you know, completely, uh, you know, Legal. it wasn't like normal trying to ring a plane. There weren't runway lights. There's there's um there was fog. there was a. Uh, it had snowed that night the night before and the sun came up which created fog and they don't have any snow machines to so we had to wait for all that to melt. All kinds of things. But the reality is the Taliban didn't know. The Taliban okay. didn't okay truly understand what we were doing. And when I say <laughs> land an airplane, we landed in we, we landed an Airbus A320, 155 seats. So this is oh not a gosh. Tesla. Oh. This is an Alirjet. This is a monster, huge airplane. Right. It's, uh, it's something you might notice. Yeah, yeah there's, there's no hiding it. So <laughs> right. we, had do, we had to do some, um, some uh, kind of play on some of our training and some of our tactics a little bit to, to come up with a good way to do this because, honestly, I don't want the Taliban man at me either. We have I knew we had more work to do. <laughs> We had other stuff going on. I I can't afford to be a one and done because there was so, I knew there was so much work to be done. Mm. So I I couldn't afford to burn the bridge, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I I, totally had to, we had had to do it in such a way that it didn't make them completely crazy um, and make them go bananas. And at the end of it, they were kind of like, all right, you got one over, you know, we got it. We we don't negotiate with the Taliban. (laughs) We, we don't negotiate with the Taliban. We don't bribe the Taliban. I don't smuggle people. We, we don't do that. What we do is we, under, we learn the culture and the laws of where we're working and we operate within the confines and the laws, uh, within the confines of the laws and the culture of that place. Whatever that
1: may be. Okay, so so, uh, so you get um, you you, you want to try and coexist? You have to try and coexist with the Taliban. I get it. So far, they have rescued more than eight thousand people from Afghanistan and Ukraine. And the thing that I'm learning now that i I'm, I'm talking to you and I, I get a sense of who you are. I know now that you are certifiably nuts so uh, now now that now that that has been established i mean man that is so so crazy and so you get the first one over do you use that then as a blueprint for the rest of the of the work
0: yeah we do we do a, we do a number of big so so from there uh that was kind of like our our second phase but, you know, phase one was Get as many people to Kaya as we can and and or get people into Uzbekistan as many as we can while the military was still there flying people out. Phase two was we got to figure out a way to peel our own banana because there is no military anymore. Right. And now people are stuck. Right. One of the things that we for Afghanistan is we focused heavily. We're recent. we're, we're, We're donor funded and it stinks. But. You know, my priority is Americans and legal residents, and people, and Canadians and Brits, and all those.
1: Yeah, well, I was going to ask I you about mean, that. How do you prioritize?
0: That's that, that, that's it. That's it. And we we've done some special cases with with some diplomats and senior intelligence officers and and folks that we know for sure. But the reality is, is the entire country of Afghanistan doesn't want to live in Afghanistan. And sadly, I'm donor funded. I can't rescue an entire country.
1: Right, I right. I wish I could. Yeah. But well, I
0: can't. I mean, eight. so I, I got I to, you know, we're, we're real small. We're real small. So. Uh,
1: but, but I think you got to be uh, real small too, right? Is that a, a part of it? Yeah,
0: yeah, that, that's it. That's it. I mean, we, we, you know, from a national security perspective, this right. is a thing that I think is really important. We within the military and the national security community and the intelligence community, we, we've been, we have an entire, if you, if you graduated buds as a seal and became a seal on the morning of nine 11, you're already retired.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All, it's 20 years. It's 20 years. Right. Right. So you're, you're, you're already, that's, if you're not all beaten up, we have an entire generation of folks that, you know, show me a Navy seal that's worked in the country without a U.S. embassy presence right it doesn't exist we don't have it we don't have it you know so the in the intelligence community it's onesies and twosies that are working in some weird places but generally speaking we have always had the benefit of this our you know, my generation has had the benefit of F16s and drones and reapers and QRF right. and helicopters and all that stuff well today none of that is present None of that. There is no U.S. embassy in Kabul. It doesn't. I was just there. It doesn't exist. It's being guarded by the Taliban as we speak today. It doesn't exist. So if if you're on the you know we have a real problem from a skill set perspective of we have a whole generation of the most baddest warriors that have you know collectively killed more people than cancer, right? Yeah. That are amazing, amazing, but they've actually never had to look up at the sky before and worry about cruise missiles. Huh. In Ukraine, I have to worry about that every single day. Well, it's so, a different thing. Get, get, so we have a hard time finding people. We have a hard time finding people is my point.
1: Well, And, and can they uh, sign up? I mean, if they're listening right now and it's one of those badass warriors you're talking about, can they go to Project Dynamo and sign up?
0: We have an email contact on there, but, uh, but, I'll t- but the, the skill sets are more like business and sales than body armor and snipers. Interesting. And that's the rub.
1: Interesting. It's a different
0: kind of thing. I don't wear. I work unarmed. I'm wow. On the streets of Ukraine, I'm on the streets of. I am unarmed. This is not tactical. It's more. It's it's more intelligence driven. We oh. do intelligence driven rescue operations. So it's a different kind of thing.
1: Wait, wait a minute. It's a show. Wait a minute. In- intelligence driven, and you're and the guy heading it up is a C plus student. Yeah, I know.
0: That's why we don't do so well.
1: Hey, 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 well, eight thousand people. I think that's pretty well. Uh, Project Dynamo. Brian Stern. Hey, Brian, give me one example of the uh, the most. Well, you're not a guy that ever gets scared, but uh, the most dangerous situation in in any of those eight thousand rescues.
0: Um. There's. There's. Uh uh, hard. It, it's kind of like saying which is your favorite kid,
1: right? Uh, uh, right.
0: All very special, you know. Um, our December operation in Kabul was really scary because Taliban by then was pretty established. In the beginning, they were trying to figure it out, and you know they're they're you know They were they were very new, right? They've been in power right. for you know twelve twelve days or whatever it was, right? Um, you know, by December they've kind of gotten their stuff together a little bit and um and it was cold and the humanitarian crisis there was very real and food insecurity is very real so um oddly the day after we left the day after we flew with our we took like 40 something people out uh, americans out um the day after they actually took an american hostage that was a friend of mine um uh-huh. and subsequently let him go after like 100 days or so but but it's, you know, that, that too can happen to us, right? That can happen to us. Right, you. So, right. Uh, that was pretty dicey. Um, we had an operation in Ukraine for a kid named uh, Eddie uh, Edward, but he goes by Carillo Alexandrov. He was arrested by the Russian security service, by like the Russian FBI, called the FSB. He was, uh, Him and his wife, they were beaten, tortured, sexually assaulted, violently assaulted, all this stuff for 37 mm. days. American citizens. Ugh. American citizens. And, um, for 37 days, we worked and worked and worked and worked and tried to negotiate and tried to, um, get him released and all this stuff. He was, he has 11 felony counts of espionage as we speak today. He is an escaped fugitive from Russian justice. They still have his passport still. And, uh, I, we've got him out. We got him out uh, pretty slick in such a way that the Russians didn't know that I stole him (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, until I until I told them, it was pretty. It was pretty hair raising. But in that operation, there was a. Um, they actually sent a hitman to come and kill me and uh, me, him, his wife, uh, and his mother in law. And uh, it was uh, pretty um, pretty dicey. Oh, and we got it all on film, which is pretty crazy. Oh uh, wow! I, um, I'm just, I was just. say yeah, we got it all <laughs>
1: All of this sounds like a movie, man. I, and I, 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 mean, not that it can't be. I mean, it, that's that's the other part of this, but. Oh, man, I, I could talk about this forever. Uh, Brian, listen, man, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I, please come back on the show, and let's talk about uh, this some more. And I would encourage everybody, go to projectdynamo.org. That's projectdynamo.org, and, and donate and, and help these guys. Uh, what a great mission this is, and continued great success, man. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'd love to be on again. It's a great show. Absolutely. Thank you
1: so much. You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.